Hey everybody, Kevin here, and I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, you are not crazy and there uh, is no episode number 30 in the feed, unfortunately. Uh, GarageBand converted some of our files to uh, an 8-bit audio format and we seem to have lost those audio files, but uh, thankfully we were a week ahead in the curve. We had an extra episode in the can, so episode 31 is ready for you this week. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to be foregoing the game of the month uh, for the next, at least next few months, uh, just to get in line with the holidays and everything. Everyone's going to be doing some traveling in the month of December and everything. So, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to have that game of the month Baba is You episode, but uh, hopefully you can enjoy episode number 31 here. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 31, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. DJ Mandolini. Hello, hello. And John Hines. Hi, hi, hi. We're on a little bit of a streak here, guys. We've got the full gang for, I think, three episodes, four episodes in a row, four episodes in a row. Heck yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're back as always to talk about some more video games, and uh, we're back to talk about another one we've all played a bunch of, and we actually all played just some earlier today. Uh, I shouldn't say we all. Randall has Thank not played you. this one with us, but our buddy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our buddy uh, Glenn came over earlier, and we were playing. Uh, we were watching some wrestling actually first, and then we uh, jumped over and played some Flat Heroes, which is something that DJ and I have dipped into. And this is like kind of like a single screen arcade game, although there's a ton, a ton of different modes, which I am super pumped on. But we'll get to that in a minute. But it's kind of like a single screen arcade game up to four players. Uh, all the modes other than the versus modes seem to be the same, you know, regardless of how many people are playing. Uh, and you're essentially just you play as a square uh, and it's like a 2D platform. I think I might have already said that, but you're you're able to jump in midair and then do or jump into the air, then do a dash in midair until you land or maybe touch an enemy or projectile or something. And then later in the game and you can do this at pretty much from the get go, but it teaches you that you have an attack, which is just kind of like a quick little like, like a radial explode. Yeah, like a shockwave is a good way to put it. And like that will for some projectiles, you can like counter those as they attack you or for some uh, you need to defeat them to like they're almost like they'll trigger like a chain reaction like of all the these like black blobs will kind of start following you and chasing you and when you trigger them like they'll all kind of chain reaction blow up when you blow up just one of them uh, but there's a bunch of different those like these triangles that will kind of track you and then trace a line and like kind of bounce off the walls once they find their angle and like cannons and kind of like sniper cannons that follow your movements and it, it's the the levels are scripted but the the enemies are which are this is all like everything's very geometric really like clean simplistic minimalistic geometric design with just you know four or five different colors and again you're just mostly avoiding you're you're playing as a square that's hopping around and you can stick to the walls which is kind of one of the main mechanics that sets us apart from a traditional platformer um not by grabbing or anything but like if you're jumping along the wall that's on the left you're gonna just hold down left on the joystick and you can just stick to that wall until you let go of that and then uh and there will be in the campaign at least there's like walls that you can't touch that that is one small gripe like sometimes for as clean as and simplistic and nice as the visual design is they sometimes have like this really thin line that's the same color as the wall that just means that that wall you can't touch but it's kind of hard to see that until and once you die one time it's no big deal but you know, for example, like as I was mentioning, all the different modes, like there's a campaign mode that you can, again, play one to four players um, and that has 10 worlds with 15 levels each, each world ending with a boss fight that again, like the boss fights are mostly you do have to get an attack in, but it's mostly like avoid a bunch of waves of attacks. And it, it really feels like that you're avoiding like waves of enemies and attacks and stuff. Um, and yeah, I just like. After that, I got through like world four or five in the main like single player or the the main campaign and it opens up like a second campaign that also is 10 worlds with 15 levels each that are and these levels are pretty short. Like the times that you beat them are probably 15 seconds, 30 seconds, maybe bite size. So, yeah, they're pretty bite sized But sometimes it's like any traditional like kind of hardcore tough as nails platformer. You're going to be playing levels over and over again. Um, and then, yeah, you, once you unlock this heroes mode, it's a whole second campaign. That's right off the, I played just like the first four or five levels of that and like difficulty, not spikes like crazy, but I mean, it's picking up right where I left off in like world five at the very beginning. So there's like this whole second secondary, uh, 
campaign that's extra challenging and there's versus modes that kind of have like a capture the flag or like capture this zone like you know dj and i played it that's only the two of us played the versus mode but it's like stay inside this like ring that kind of moves and like if we're both in it the timer doesn't tick up and it's like we had to get to like 10 seconds or 15 seconds to win or whatever it was but uh but yeah and then the the mode that we got kind of hooked on with all of us playing was this survival mode um which unfortunately is the same set of like again like like the projectiles and the enemies do eventually kind of respond and react to you so it's not the same exact series of events but it is the same series of waves that are coming at you um the same like order of events i guess Um, but there is a daily challenge mode um there's all kinds of like there's a modes that we didn't even try you have to like collect points to unlock these modes um and we haven't unlocked them all yet but we got hooked on this survival mode which uh Unfortunately, the online leaderboards don't have separate leaderboards for whether you're playing one player, two player, three player, four player, but it does show like next to your high score. It shows like a little emblem of if there's four squares, three squares, like how many players played. So you can at least see, okay, where do we stack up next to everybody? But we were able to get all the way up to I don't know how many people are playing this game or are on the leaderboard, but we were able with the four of us with our buddy Glenn, we're able to get into the top 100, the top 75 actually. And we were, I mean, at least me, I, I felt like that instant adrenaline rush. My heart was pounding. My controller was drenched. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> and, um, Yeah, and we were just like, get it, just that, like, just, you know, that, like, oh, 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 my God, and you my can, God, someone to get me. Yeah, and you can rescue your partners once they're out. And that is the main way that, like, obviously, if you're playing single player, you just have to survive and never take a hit which is nearly impossible. Right. Or I shouldn't say impossible, but like the high score, the number one spot on the leaderboard is almost 20 minutes. And our 72nd slot, I think was about almost eight minutes. We got to like seven minutes and 50 some seconds. So, but again, if we were playing single, like we all had died probably 10 times within that time, but we were all because we were able to revive each other. other, Yeah. If I wasn't trying to save you guys, I could have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, what, uh, what do you guys think? I've been talking, uh, talking everyone's ear off about this game, but what, what do you two think? I know you played just a little bit tonight, John, but I don't know. What do you, what do you two think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I I thought it was a really fun thing. Like, uh, like learning the different patterns of all the different enemies, like by knowing which ones I was stronger against and which ones like we all were dreading. And like every time one showed up on the screen and screen and we all started yelling at each other to dodge or stuff. And it, it was just a really fun, like and really easy to understand, like. Glenn, like, you know, I know you two like played a two player version of the survival mode and he was like, ah, maybe I won't do this. And then like after watching you guys do that for a couple of minutes, he's like, no, I'm absolutely doing it. Yeah, this. he's like, count me in. Let, <laughs> let's try this out. Nice. And uh, and was easily able to grasp like there were multiple times where DJ and I both died and he was the one coming to Savior. rescue us. It was the nice. first time that he played that you guys broke the hundred. On the yeah, yeah. Yeah. We hit like, yeah, we cracked the top hundred and he. Yeah, he was able to grasp it. Again, he has a, a decent video game background. He doesn't play all the time, but he definitely, you know, has familiarity with a controller and everything. It, this game does, unlike some of the games we've talked about, has some serious twitch mechanics. So, mm. I mean, you're you got to finesse the controller a little bit. But if you have some kind of 2D platforming background, I, I do think this game would be super easy to pick up. Just takes a tiny bit of getting used to that, like. Again, you play as like just a square and you kind of you don't run or you don't have legs or anything. So you're just kind of rolling along and it does like the four sides of the square do cause like a little friction and a little moment. Like, I don't know. It's not like a fluid sense of movement. It feels nice, but it's not like a steady, consistent like you do have to play or like we can bump into each other, for example, like our characters Uh. interact with one another. Um, so you can kind of nudge each other out of the way. It can kind of screw each other tumbling up a as bit. well. Like you're you're a square that you're not just moving like up and down. Like you are like if you move like to the side, you are like tumbling around. Spending. So like yeah, if, I guess that's what if I was someone else l- lands on top of you, like they might be expecting to like jump over you. But if they catch a corner, then they might be stuck on you, and then they might be pushing you towards this other way. So like yeah, there's a lot of running into each other and getting into each other's way when you're trying to dodge some more like specific uh, like angles of shots so that enemies are shooting at you. When they're on top of you, does that just limit your movement? Does that do you feel that weight effectively as as your controller? It, if you're moving you in opposite directions, absolutely. Yeah. But like if you're moving in somewhat of the same direction, like then it's just a matter of timing. Like your jump might be blocked because they start jumping a little bit after you, but like, it's not 
it's not like weighing you down. Like, yeah, like okay. I think if if John's character was was resting on top of mine and and he didn't touch a button, and if I jumped, I think I would do a full height jump. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. With him staying on top of my character, gotcha. it's just a matter of being able to jump on top of. You can't really. Yeah, plan you're, you're on the- zipping around the screen like crazy in a lot of instances. You do get a couple nice little like breathers of like, okay, we can. And it, we didn't realize at first that you could attack some of the enemies. Like there were some that you clearly have to like. You need to eliminate them. Yeah. For the for the way to move on but there are some that we didn't realize like those triangles that kind of will spin around for a quick second it'll be like one triangle on the screen it'll spin around and then it'll pick a direction and then it will bounce off you know it'll probably travel for a fixed amount of distance and bounce off however many walls and you kind of like you can see the path it's going to travel and you have maybe just two seconds or so to get into a safe area before it you know launches down that path and probably destroys you but like we didn't realize that you could defeat those triangles once they were stationary for a second or even in the process of moving if you time it perfectly you can like not counter it it does still kill the enemy but um yeah i just i i just am having a lot of fun like i i get i know i talk about this all the time on the podcast but i get super sucked into like these high score chasing games oh, yeah. and especially when there's that cooperative element and it is this sense of like oh i need you to save me and oh dj's the last one left or Oh, it's Glenn's first time. He's the last one like that. That sense of like, <laughs> man, I, I was just having a blast. And and for like, what it's worth, though, I was having a blast with this game playing solo. Like I play, stayed up till like four in the morning one night just playing through the campaign. Like, oh, I'll play just a couple levels. Oh, I'll play a few more. I'll mm-hmm. play a few more. <laughs> and that's always, as we said before, that's always a sign of a good game. Great for me. If, I, if I'm just playing again and again, and it doesn't necessarily have to be staying up till four in the morning, but just that I'm like. One more, and then I play ten more. That's well, always the best sign. It's so dangerous because they're so bite sized and you know, you're not really going about the levels that differently. Like you don't gain more mechanics as you go through the game. It's really just like you encounter different kinds of enemies, and maybe the level layout is a bit different. But you know, really, you've got like you were saying, same abilities for the entire game. Um, and uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good as for a high score game, though. It's kind of what you want, right? Yeah, it really lets you get in and like master those mechanics. And, and I, I don't know. It, I just really like the the combination of like, yeah, get it, getting those mechanics down, but having that slight sense of even though things are scripted because so many of the enemies are like have some kind of like heat seeking quality to them or, or they have some kind of they're all there's enough pressure on you where you're not going to be in the same position yeah in you can't just runs, like yeah right? plan when, on like i will move to this area and then i'll be safe like it'll just be like nope you like wherever you move it's dynamic enough that it's always going to change that's cool yeah yeah like even in the survival mode where it is the same set every time it's like yeah it's going to be totally different every time you play i i will say like if we played another couple runs i probably would start to feel the tedium like uh, not necessarily in a, in the future in general but like if we played more tonight i would probably we start to hit that wall <laughs> <laughs> i would probably start to hit that wall of like you know okay we're going and if, and if we like let's say we got another like or we hit 10 minutes or something like it would probably be hard to then go right back in and start from scratch and know that okay we're never gonna make progress until we hit at least 10 minutes again so there there's a little small element of that but again with all these different modes in this game and the versus mode so you can yeah, as much as we're talking about the cooperative elements of this game, you can go full blown competitive as well, um, which, again, we only played a few rounds of that, uh, that one specific mode, which there were many more of. But I think I had a lot of fun with that. I thought that and adding more players into the mix uh, would only make it more fun, I think. So nice. Yeah. But uh, I think we can pretty much wrap up Flat Heroes there, but it's definitely one that uh, popped on my radar because it was a game that I think was available on the Switch eShop like a little earlier on, like when the eShop didn't have 4,000 games on it. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I was just like, hey, this looks kind of cool. And I just had it on my wish list for a long time and eventually just picked it up. It's only 10 bucks normal price and well worth it for uh, the experience in general. But the package is just fully fleshed out Other, other than, you know, the soundtrack gets a little repetitive, a little redundant. But it's another great game to just throw on a podcast or throw on your own music for. So um, not that the music isn't good because it is great. Music's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little repetitive is all. But uh, yeah, we can move on from there to a game that DJ picked up a little earlier today. I think you started playing it, but got a decent amount of time into. Um, But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about Planet Alpha, DJ? Yeah. So little little background. Been playing a lot of uh, either, you know, mentally demanding or like (laughs) like twitch control demanding games lately you know played 
Flat Heroes, Stand By, Cedars, Baba. And yeah. I just like, uh, I, I needed to, to change things up a bit. So uh picked up this demo for Planet Alpha, which is a like an isometric kind of puzzle platformer, mm. um, kind of like the game Inside. Yeah, Inside um, or Limbo or just oh, wow. slightly more like cinematic yeah. platformer. Mainly like you're running to the right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you're, you're just this alien that's, you know, crashed on this planet. um, And it, it is one of the more beautiful looking games i'd say it's got Question a nice look, it's got a nice look to it and i'm sure we're you're we're playing it on the switch or dj's playing it on the switch yeah. and i played the demo as well um and watch him play a little i would imagine it probably only looks better on other platforms for sure um but it, it still looks nice it's a really like unique and vivid art style like really colorful and really just has a lot of personality there's a yeah uh i i would compare it pretty closely to the avatar movie in terms of aesthetic yeah i, I don't know um that's a that's a decent touchstone i've actually never seen the movie but just the general like color palette and, and like just like a lot fluorescent. of the, the the lighting yeah, yeah i think is yeah. where a lot of the, the the prettiness or whatever comes in yeah um but yeah this is a this has been a pretty like chill game and i think i really needed that lately <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm just kind of like, there's there's no dialogue at all, you know, so I'm just like exploring this world with like lots of different environments and like, you know, there are these robots that are like out to get me. I don't know why they're here. I got to <laughs> hide from them. Um, then like there's all the, you know, all the wildlife on the planet, some of which is, you know, cute and some of which is hostile. Like there's big like bugs that'll, you know attack you and sometimes you have to figure out how to like get the native bugs to go after the hostile robot aliens that are coming here oh that's kind of cool though yeah so like kind of decent amount of like scripted kind of puzzles um but like yeah there's it's just it's just a good looking game that's really chill because there's not a ton of music or anything it's got a nice environment i don't know i'm i'm liking it yeah, this is from uh, Team Seventeen, and this is actually their hundredth published game. I remember wow. seeing that Wolf. when it when I booted up the demo, and I think this is actually developed by them. I could be wrong about that, but I think this one they actually did have their hands on the development. And uh, I don't know. I I played the demo and I really bounced off this game big time. And I, I did, you know, the the visuals of the game are what caught my eye. I was like, oh, it looks looks great. Um, and booting it up, and one one of the things that put me off right off the bat is the opening of this game. Uh, I'm assuming the demo started off with just the very intro of the game and you play this like, you know, it does that kind of I, I always think of like Uncharted where you're like, oh, you have to like you're in this little cut scene or probably loading scene and you have to like walk through this corridor like it won't <laughs> let you run. It won't let you do anything other than walk at a glacial pace. Right. And like I yeah, you're I like felt, limping through the beginning. Yeah. You like crash land and you limp and it goes on for a long time. Like I was like, I, I was like, I must have missed something like at least a couple minutes, like a, yeah. of just holding down right. Yep. And, and limping and dragging your leg behind you. And I, I was just like, what the hell is this game? And then it, it, you like black out eventually and there's something and then you wake up and then I was just having a really hard time after that, like distinguishing as beautiful as the game looks. I was having a really hard time, like what's in the foreground, what's in the background, what's interactive, what is not, what can I climb, what can I not climb, how high can I jump? Uh, it doesn't fully control like one of those like Prince of Persia style games where it's like a little more, but it has a, a tiny bit of that like deliberate control um, to it where it doesn't it doesn't feel fluid like a Mario game as far as the platforming goes. You know, it has a little bit just of that a little stiffness. bit of physics animation yeah. priority stuff going on. A yeah, bit. yeah, exa- that's a, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. And I just yeah, I just bounced off it really hard. I was just like, I, I have no interest <laughs> in playing this game after playing the demo. But after watching you play it again, I mean, I, I love the visuals. So, I mean, I, I, I want to want to play it. But to be know. fair, I wasn't showing you uh, I wasn't doing the game service with what i was showing yeah you were kind of stuck on a puzzle sort of and it was because you know before that point i had forgotten that i just gained a new mechanic and so i should have been using that so (laughs) that was my fault no that's fine that's fine um and yeah i don't know i i guess was it see i feel like i i expected it to be the floatiness that put you off a bit is 
Because I know you're, part you don't, it, don't like Rayman sure. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can Get talk the, some Rayman. If you want <laughs> but but at least you could justify it in this game. Like, oh, you're on a different planet. Maybe the yeah. gravity is different or oh, something the, like that. There's some portals that take you to like some like other dimensions or whatever where the you're even floatier. <laughs> so. okay. I, I guess like it didn't feel. It didn't feel like the platforming was that deliberate. Like it didn't seem like, oh, you got to nail this pixel perfect jump. So it, it didn't bother me as much in that regard. It was mostly just being able to decipher the level. But but are you feeling like, you know, I know you compared this to like Insider Limbo, or I guess I threw Limbo out there, but Limbo more more so Limbo. But I felt like that was like a big time trial and error game. Like it's basically like you keep walking along, and all of a sudden you get killed by something that. You essentially had no way of avoiding without right, yeah. knowing a series of coming. vignettes, kind of, but in yeah, a cool which way. Which is, yeah, it was definitely awesome. And it was, especially at the time, there was nothing like that before, yeah. really. Um, I'm sure there's something, but it, you know, I, ha- I hadn't personally played much like it before. Right. But uh, are, are you feeling like it's kind of more of that structure? Or are you feeling like you're you're actually making progress and solving puzzles? There, like- there's maybe been a little bit of that, but I, I think there have been some puzzles where you know i was able to figure it out and not have to do a trial and error situation like definitely not to the extent that i did with limbo um yeah and i don't i guess i guess i think it clearly laid the level out and what you can interact with i mean i do understand that like sometimes foreground background can be hard to distinguish like in that kind of camera perspective um i think they do a good job at some points of like you know ledges that are kind of like this color you like you know you can like or something you can like grab onto or okay and maybe maybe i just didn't either decipher that or just didn't play enough to to realize that because that, that was like one of the main things i was having trouble with was like seeing oh i can grab that ledge and jump up and grab there so maybe i just didn't get far enough to realize oh all the ledges i can grab are like lit up a little bit like this or you know whatever it is yeah it's it's not quite that clear but like i, I think i did get a better idea of like Okay, like I, I've seen something like that before. I know I can do that again. Yeah, give me those yellow pipes in Uncharted. Let me know exactly oh where God. I can jump. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't want it to be that that scripted for me. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't fully grabbed by this game, but I'm I'm definitely more curious now that you're into it and you're actually playing it. You know, because I, I played five it, minutes of a demo. I guess it depends on like you know what exactly your the mindset of what you're trying to get out of a game when you boot it up, like I wanted something more relaxing. So this is kind of, you know, scratching the itch that I was, that I had in mind. Right. Um, yeah. You know, maybe if you went into it, playing the demo with a different mindset, your first time, maybe it could have soured you. Yeah. Or I just had different expectations or something maybe. So, yeah. which I don't even remember what they were at this point, but I just remember being like, ah, oh, man, and that game looks so cool and just kind of let me down after the demo. But Maybe I'll boot it up again and give it another try. Um, but I think we can move on from there. And uh, I think we can talk about a game that Randall and I have been playing. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of a semi-follow-up from a couple weeks ago when we talked about Cave Story. And uh, I just couldn't help myself. And uh, I guess Randall couldn't either. That's right. <laughs> and we just uh, dove right into Caro Blaster, which was uh, Studio Pixel's follow-up to Cave Story. Which I think this was originally a mobile game, if I'm not mistaken. I it saw was originally some stuff released. on there. It looks like it officially released first on PC, like in 2014. But yeah, I've I've seen some allusions to it being mobile at some point as well. So <laughs> it yeah. it definitely feels like it strips away not not a ton of the mechanics, but it definitely feels like a little more primitive or simplistic yeah. than Cave Story. So so something that again, I, I personally hate playing a game with a touch oh, digital D pad or yeah. whatever. So Especially I wouldn't even consider like it. Yeah, it gets a little twitchy later on, but but, uh, you know, some of the stuff I I could see it sort of working if you're somebody who's like, that's just the way you grew up playing games or, you know, if you're just more attuned to that, I I just can't really wrap my head around it. You saying that about uh, the mobile game first makes me realize that's probably why the game is zoomed in as it is like that widescreen zoomed in chunky pixels would definitely fit a mobile screen aspect ratio because i'm like man like it's so zoomed in it feels like a game boy color game that they made widescreen to me yeah that's (laughs) yeah that's uh, yeah and it's it's kind of funny because cave story is the exact opposite it's like super zoomed out with these tiny little pixel characters and this is like 
a, even less detail in the pixels right. and then it's even more zoomed in it's again i, I didn't grow up playing a ton of like commodore 64 but yeah. it has kind of that vibe it to does it. like it doesn't it doesn't have like nes retro vibes it's definitely maybe like way chunkier like atari NES. yeah yeah or like early nes or later atari stuff yeah um but but anyways it's like uh you know you play as this frog and it's another side-scrolling uh action platformer uh run and gun kind of deal a little slower and, uh, run and on, gun, but yeah yeah a little bit slower and it's uh uh i guess it's somewhat similarly paced to cave story you know you yeah. have a little bit of that like floatiness to the jump yep. um but once you get used to it it feels nice and uh i guess yeah you just you just kind of play as this frog it is more it, they're all like level based it's not you're not doing any exploration um other than maybe finding a secret yep. little treasure chest or something in any level but you're not like Oh, and maybe I'll go this path or maybe I'm unlocking a different story. Maybe there are different stories or something. I don't know. But it, it felt like level one, level two, level yep. three, level four. And then the game, it, like it seemed like it was really going to be super short. Like I was only about an hour in and it seemed like this is the last level. Like the characters, the NPCs were kind of like these little cutscenes that almost feel like Pac-Man-esque, like yeah. in between levels. Like they have a little bit of that, just like, oh, a quick little cutscene, a little longer than a Pac-Man little vignette. But has like a little bit of that vibe to it, which I it liked does. a lot. That's a good call. Um, and again, another game that I'm just bouncing all over the place now, but in a, like just a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, I don't know how know, you right? feel, Randall, but th- this guy can just crank out the jams, whether it's like an energetic, like hype you up boss fight jam or whether it's a uh, just a like a boppy little tune yeah. to get you through like a cheerful level or like an underground cave kind of menacing it just any any kind of tune yep um i found the main it, it theme delivers carol blaster was just stuck in my head today like oh that's a oh good yeah sign. i've been humming it like crazy yeah all, all the tunes in this game i know or most of the tunes i should say yeah and uh one of the things that also i felt similarly in cave story but i really appreciated the boss battles in yeah. this game um a lot of times that can be like the weaker element of a of a video game for me like in something like dead cells which i've talked about before like uh, the boss fights are my least favorite part of these games because every now and then they can provide a really cool like puzzle-esque challenge but a lot of times it is just um i don't know just like trial and error and it i don't know it just doesn't feel as satisfying as like solving the problems that are in a lot of games i guess yeah but uh, i thought these boss fights were really fun and like i had almost like a shmup element it does at times like you get a little not bullet hell but a lot of projectiles flying around and you're able to kind of just blast away uh at will <laughs> you I know think it just... leans into the strength of the simplicity of the control scheme of this game like you just yeah. really you can move left and right you can jump and you can shoot either you can shoot straight forward in the direction you're going or you can kind of lock to shoot straight up and that's pretty yeah. much it and and that's actually a good point because one of the one of the interesting things about the shooting mechanic is like so if you're if you're running to the right and you're holding down shoot you're going to be shooting to the right yep. but if you continue to hold that down and then you start running to the left you'll essentially be backpedaling right and continue to shoot to the right and like randall was saying if you're shooting up essentially whatever direction you're shooting in if you continue to hold that down you will stay locked locked in that direction so some of the boss fights are you kind of almost have to do that you know you have to make sure hey i'm facing left and then i'm backing up and dodging these attacks but i'm still shooting forward and uh unlike cave story like cave story had the element where you're each each weapon uh can level up and i guess it can in carol blaster as well but instead of leveling up through like those little like golden prisms that you collect after you kill enemies and whatnot these are things that you buy um after you collect the i don't know if i can't remember if they're coins or whatever they are yeah yeah, that's like money yeah because you sometimes get like big bags of money or you get like yeah um but you collect enough coins of those and you can buy like either extra hearts for yourself uh, your health bar or an extra continue or you can again like level up all your weapons they do what i did level yeah and i I got everything maxed out (laughs) at least the five weapons um and there's a bunch of different weapons there's like uh, just like the regular kind of blaster that eventually levels up to like a laser. You oh, have yeah. like a spread shot that eventually like gets huge spread. You get a flamethrower that kind of like encircles you with like a flame shield. I mean, you're almost like nice. filling the entire screen with bullets like that spread shot or yeah. like there's another shot that's just like this big like green beam. That might have been the spread shot like an that earlier. Was, but it, yeah. Yeah. And it just like fills again because that's zoomed in perspective yep. and your character is a decent size, not like a yeah. tiny little pixel character. So he's you're just kind of like he's cute. <laughs> yeah. And you're just kind of plowing through uh, the levels and, and just holding down shoot for most of the time. And, and it, you know, it, it's interesting because like I wouldn't find myself getting stuck 
that much, but then I would all of a sudden just be like, shit, this boss is super hard, oh, yeah. or this like little chunk of this level, and it is a little more forgiving than Cave Story, like we talked about last week, where there's like, oh, you have to beat this last string of bosses, like, all in one continue, where like, this would, you would have to start the level over, you get like one set of lives, uh, three continues, and you can buy more continues, or find them in the levels occasionally, right. Um, but if you get a game over, you have to start the level over, even if you're on the final boss. But if you've beaten any of like the mini bosses or any of like the random things you have to trigger in a level to open a door or something like that, those would all stay. Oh, yeah. Completed. Hmm. So like the final boss, there was like three tiers of that boss. But I once you had beaten them and I got a game over, I was only had to do that last tier of the boss. That was so even though I I had to beat the whole level. But again, but I I only had to beat the boss, the final. And yeah, I don't think I could have done it. No, which I was not able to do in Cave Story. There's like a four phase boss at the end. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I mean, it, it, it does like release some minions that you can recover health from. But yeah, but not man. that's not consistent either. You can't count yeah. on that. No, no, yeah. no. Well, in, in the final boss battle of Cave Story, you can oh, kind yeah. of. It's yeah. it's a little more like part of that mechanic because it is yeah. meant for you to be like, oh, fuck, I have no health left. And oh, OK, I can recover some. But right. it's still very difficult. And this game is, yeah, uh, Carol Blaster is a little bit less predictable. You can get lucky, but you definitely can't count on getting those health uh pickups which i also uh, another element that is very very nice that studio pixel (coughs) did is you carry your coins over between deaths and continues and thank god that you can yes oh my god yeah and i love that mechanic of like so when you get a game over you wake up in the hospital and then you can stop at like the checkout as you're checking out and you get an opportunity to buy more upgrades if you want to so essentially i mean there is a cap i guess but essentially at a point, like if you kind of get stuck, you could keep playing and uh, you'd keep dying and getting game overs, but you're getting more coins. Yeah. And then you're grinding. able to spend those nice. and, and level up to the max and yep. then hopefully be able to get through this game. And uh, I, I know, Randall, both you and I were able to beat this game yep. and it does unlock a hard mode, um, which I was reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was reading a little bit about that. And apparently it is like fully like remixed uh levels using the same tile sets yeah. but like differently designed levels i played just a quick chunk of the first level and that was it but yeah i did the did same you play? and you yeah know, the most important thing is your frog is now blue and he's also cute so that's <laughs> yeah important. Um, but yeah apparently there's more levels that i was reading oh. too um that's the way it seemed anyway um so okay i'm kind of curious but yeah and even basic enemies are more bullet spongy so that's it's tough yeah and uh, from what I, I did read a little bit more, and there is apparently another mode after that, after you oh. beat this one, that is like back to more of the original setup, but with like less power up upgrade options and stuff like that. It's a more of a traditional hard mode, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, just really a charming game. I, I really had a blast with this one. Yeah. Uh, no a pun intended. Blast. Yeah. But I <laughs> but I just like. It was one that I just found myself gravitating back to again and again and again. It only oh, yeah. took about three hours to, yeah. to run through the whole game. It's a nice, short, compact experience, which definitely, again, makes sense if it was intended as a mobile experience or at least that was maybe thought of as a platform it was going to be available on. Yep. Uh, it's kind of perfect for bite-sized chunks, but I really appreciated, too, how this game, you know, the first four levels that seemed like it was maybe when it, the game was seeming like it was maybe going to be a really short experience, like the game the levels really opened up after that like the fifth sixth and seventh levels were quite a bit more substantial than those opening levels yeah uh just like more ideas in them more different settings more enemies just i just when i thought the game was like oh that was a cute little experience it kind of like busted open for just a little more to kind of put it over that hump of like oh that was more than that was a pretty memorable experience as yep. opposed to just like a pretty cute one that I had a fun time with, you know, it was so satisfying so. how just straightforward it is gameplay wise too. I don't know. Just it's, it sucked me in immediately. And yeah, same way. It was just super addictive. And I saw the game through in I think two nights. It, it, I really liked same it. here, two, three nights. And, yeah. and as we've talked about a bunch of times before on the podcast, Randall, that's uh that's not your or my style no. <laughs> to actually just beat a game in any capacity, not let alone plow through it in a couple sittings. So love credits uh, yeah yeah it's great it's a good feeling yeah. maybe i'll maybe i'll see him at the end of cave story someday yeah but uh <laughs> but until then uh i think we can move on from there if uh, unless you had anything more to add to uh carol blaster randall i just really enjoy it uh, yeah eventually i'll go back and see my buddy the the master of custodial sciences <laughs> Help him destroy some more random plants and pixelated uh super chunky creatures 
It's fun. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back on that uh, Zangu mode for sure. That's right. Make um, sure you wear the jacket. It's an extra hit point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many great little touches <laughs> yeah. in this game. But anyways, <laughs> we'll move on from Carol Blaster to uh, some uh, non-video gaming, although a little bit of a video game tie-in. But uh, John got together with his family uh, over the past week and uh, played some Civilization, the board game, which unfortunately is long out of print. Yes. But uh, until John informed me about this, I didn't even know it existed. So um, yeah. why don't you take it away? So Civilization, the board game, is what the computer game is based off of. It was a game made in, I believe, either the late 70s or the early 80s. Oh, wow. And it is an incredibly complicated board game (laughs) that uh, has become a staple in my family, although my family has only, at least in the games that I have played with my family, I have only completed the game two times because (laughs) every time that we do we have to play it over a weekend because we can never finish a single game in a day wow uh this playtime i think was one of our faster games and it took uh 14 hours of play (laughs) (laughs) a little longer than carol blast yeah you love your family oh i do i do Even when we have uh, numerous civil wars that we (laughs) wage against each other and involve ourselves in. But it takes place around like the Mediterranean. The the board is, you know, you have, I believe, nine different civilizations uh, from Egypt to uh, Syria to Thrace to Italy. And like we play with the maximum number of seven people. Um, and you expand your civilizations. There are, I think, 16 phases of gameplay where you first start by per ex- turn per turn. Oh my God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Give me a computer where I, I was, I was going to pull them up on my phone. If, 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 <laughs> we can edit out me pulling up. Cause I want it's really easy once you learn all 16 phases, guys. <laughs> it's, it's a very sim. It's honestly kind of a simple game. You just need to, it's, it's a simple phases that are just complicated when you play them in sequence. It's more of a long game than it is a complex game. I can see that. Uh, you got your info, John. Yes. I have found the civilization sequence of play. It is a 13 phase. Oh, it's uh, only 13 phases. Yeah, only 13 phases in a single turn (laughs) where you go from uh, collecting taxation and in parentheses revolts if you can't collect enough taxation. Then there's population expansion, census, constructing ships, movement, conflict, building cities, removing surplus population and reducing unsupported cities, acquiring (laughs) trade cards or buying gold, trade. Then acquiring civilization cards and returning excess trade cards, resolving calamities and uh, reducing unsupporting cities, and then you alter the archaeological succession table, which is <laughs> how you determine if you've won or not. And how much does that follow the computer game, or does the computer game simplify that? Because I, I've never played any of the civilization games. I mean, I know that it's like a, I guess I don't know if they're all like this, but it's like a hex-based yeah uh, you know city builder or civilization builder i guess but like you know it's sort of i get the premise of it i guess but like how closely is the board game and the computer game tied so the computer game is a more streamlined version of the board game but it has significantly more complicated things that are involved in it uh the trade mechanics aren't really involved as much because unless you're doing uh specific routes in things in the in later games i've also only played ever uh civ 5 and civ 6 on i haven't played any of the earlier ones which i might be more faithful recreations of the board game right right uh, with all warts and all (laughs) like (laughs) yeah but uh yes the board the board game itself like each phase is pretty much its own game. Like a game could be made out of each phase, each individual mechanic. Right. There is like a kind of a risk uh, part where you have the conflicts where you're moving your, uh, your tokens into other people's spaces. And based on, you know, if you have metal working as a civilization card, then there are different rules on how you resolve those uh, conflicts. And then, 
you know, if you're on a specific tile that you can build a city on, it only takes six or it takes 12 if it's not. And then certain squares can only support five people. Certain squares can only support one people. And that's based off of like the geography of the area. So it's a lot more arid in the desert, but then there's also floodplains. So there are just so many mechanics that are just built on top of them. And like, it's a, an incredibly well-balanced game for something that is so complicated. And this is the board game. The board, yes, the board game itself. Um, But yeah, um, I think the the main thing that has carried over between the board game and the uh, uh, computer game is the are the civilization cards which are these the main things that you know will advance a civilization like very early on there's a card that's called mysticism that is not worth anything doesn't really give you any special abilities but it's something a way that you can advance early on by acquiring but then the later on you get you know if you Uh, In the original version of the board game, you can only acquire a certain amount of these cards. So because it's such a low value card, it's only worth 30 points as opposed to law, which is 170. Okay. Or philosophy, which is 240. Okay. And all of those like much higher ones, like completely alter different game mechanics. Like if you get the iconoclasm and heresy card, like if you have philosophy, it functions completely different than if you don't. And there are just so many different things that I'm really amazed at how well balanced the game is for something that just has an absurd amount of mechanics in right. it. Yeah. Now, now you you said you and your family have been playing this for for years, if not decades, mm-hmm. together. Well, they have. They my my it was actually my parents and uh, some of their friends that they met back in college that they've been yeah. playing for wow. decades. And then they had kids and some of their kids were nerds too. So we <laughs> yeah. decided to play it with them. Now, like, do, do you feel like, again, this is a game that's out of print, at least in, uh, in cardboard form, mm-hmm. but, uh, do you feel like if you didn't have like that experience of having someone who knows the game really well, kind of shepherding you in? Cause one of the nice things that I would imagine for, All this sounds super interesting to me, but a lot of these board games, there's so much to keep track of. And especially with like, it sounds like this game is like the board itself is evolving and you're you're having to take turns with that. So if you really don't have someone who really understands and knows the rules of the game and, uh, you know, with we used to get together and play board games a lot, and there'd always be like discrepancies of like, you know, you read the rule and it's like, what does that actually mean? And I really like the idea of playing this on a computer or on Switch or whatever console and like all the rules are in set in stone and like the right. turns that are just progressing, like the world evolving mm-hmm. or like some of these new expansion packs, which I'm assuming that are in Civ six, for example, like the Gathering Storm expansion pack, which just was released on Switch. Um, that's going to have like effects on like if you're evolving too quickly industrially, you're going to eventually over the course of t- the history of time mm. as you play your, you know, your campaign or whatever, like the environment is going to be affected by that. Right. And uh, that seems like something that would be really difficult, if nearly impossible to implement into a board game. Yeah. Um, and I, that's actually a thing that I really like. I have played a lot of Civ six, um, which I don't get the same feeling from it like it's i don't think that they're really comparable experiences um like the board game and the computer game but I mean, yeah nothing can substitute for like sitting around a table with right, seven with, people yeah. for 14 hours and <laughs> but like awesome. civ, but the amount of uh customization in civ 6 i think is incredible like i still get the feeling of like the satisfaction of like six of uh, succession where i you know you have like your uh, settler, which you are, that's what you make your first capital city. And then from there you grow out and you can get traders and you can like, there are just all the same mechanics, but just like so much more customization can go into even from the very set, like the setup stage where you're just like saying, okay, how many other civilizations are going to be there? How many uh, city states are there going to be? So those aren't people who are vying for, you know, uh, also like expanding their civilization, but you can trade with them. So you can essentially change like the in-game rule sets. Yes. Yeah. Play different like modes per se in quotes. And you can assign like the, you can either, they can be random civilizations or you can design and like, go against specific ones because some of them have different abilities than them. Like the amount of customization, like just from the get go in the computer game version of it is 
it was so incredible. I like, had no idea. I, I thought it was more like one campaign oriented than that for some reason. That's crazy. No, I, as far as I know, honestly, I've never played, I've never, if there is a campaign mode, I've never played it. Wow. Because I've only ever <laughs> gone into custom games and like, I, I, at first, like what I would do is, uh, I really just wanted it as like kind of a relaxing game. So I would set it as like, uh, two civilizations on a somewhat small map. And then I would hunt for the other civilization as fast as possible and just take them out. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you won. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep playing. Let me just optimize little, my little civilization. And, like, yeah. and that would be like in turn like seven or whatever that I would take them out. And then by turn like 300, I've expanded to like all of the borders of the entire map. I've explored everything. You can never turn barbarians off. So you, there's always going to be something that you're fighting against. But for the most part, it's just a way more relaxing thing that I mode that I would do. Almost like a city builder. Right. For, like you're just trying to um, grow resource the management. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like at the same time, like after I did that for a while, I was like, all right, well, let's let's turn on a couple of them. Like I and that was a good way for me to ease myself into it and like start playing the way that like people who were angry on the Internet said that I was playing the game wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what hey, are you primarily like, me- playing Civ 6 on, John? On Switch, which okay. also makes it sound like my Switch is going to melt. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Push Pushing to the limits. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious like Civ 6 the I will say like the the art style not so much the in game but like the the character designs yeah. on like some of the for the cutscenes or whatever you want to call them like are a little I guess it's just not to my taste cuz they don't look bad they're like well illustrated they're just it's just not a style I like they're like really like scrawny like like we saw we were looking through the screenshots and there's like a screenshot with gandhi in it and he just he just looks so cartoony i guess and yeah it, it's just like a little too much it's very leaning hyper stylized yeah yeah um but i don't know like the, i've heard really great things about this gathering the storm dlc which is that or gathering storm whatever it's called where it, it factors in these like natural disasters and stuff like that it can really throw you for a loop yeah um which i kind of i i always like that in games for some reason getting thrown for a loop especially when it is a game that you're meant to like invest all this time into and this energy well maybe not energy you're probably just laying on the couch but you know what i mean like this mental (laughs) energy and uh yeah i don't know i i like that so now that these dlcs are available i mean it is a pretty expensive game like it's a full price 60 dollars yeah, yep. game that does go on sale from time to time but then these two dlc packages are they come together i think the other one's called rise and fall and i don't know too much about that one mm-hmm. but it's like that package itself is another 50 bucks, 50 bucks so i mean yep. you're talking about a lot of dough yeah but there i mean from, i'm still probably gonna get it like, yeah and honestly, I mean, from what like, i understand it adds a ton of new civilizations that you can pick from mm. between the two expansions and like that each civilization is not like a new game, but I mean, they all have different mechanics from what I understand, like really changes. It. And then when you do factor in these like weather mechanics that are literally not even in the core game, um, there, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of new stuff here. Um, and a, again, if you're, if this is your kind of game, I think there's a lot there to chew on that. This could be like just your game that you play. I mean, I, oh, I these yeah. are the types of games that I could see someone who really doesn't play games, but like I'm, but I'm into Civ, you know, right. and that's, and I play them all and I get all the new ones and I get all the DLCs cause mm. I'm just into that mechanic, you know, or this, yeah. like, this is my me time, I guess. And I, I kind of like that. I kind of, this game, I don't know. I, it's speaking my language, even though the visuals don't. A hundred percent. Although I do like the style of like the world map. I like that like slight curve to the map and like. It's actually also a, a thing that really makes like at least the switch chug is the fact that like you can zoom in and zoom out like an incredible amount. Like I was cool. playing the game zoomed out and then I, I think I accidentally hit a shoulder button and then like it was just going in and I was like, this is still going in. This is I just getting more and more detailed and like. I am seeing Broadway right now because that was one of the things that I had built in one of my cities. <laughs> cool. And it's just like, this is an absurd amount of detail and it looks great. Yeah. And it looks great on the switch. It as looks well. great. It just sounds like there's a jet engine. running. <laughs> yeah. How does it run though? I mean, does you feel, do you feel like it actually chugging in the game or it do you feel chugs like- once you get to like the point where there is so much happening on screen very early on in the civilization, once you're like, 
right around once you hit like the BCAD turnover. That's about when things start getting a little rough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know because I this one's been on my radar and and kind of one that I assumed like oh it w- it would also pr- probably be better to play this on a PC or on a computer with a mouse and keyboard kind of situation and it probably would play a little better that way but yeah how are you feeling like the controller works as an input device for this game is controller it- works great I've, cool. I've had no issues with it um I've never noticed it like you know selecting a tile that I never meant to it's always been exactly what I want but, but honestly like if I had I I don't own a gaming computer yeah same so here. like but if I had like I I 100% would have picked this up on PC over Switch yeah it's like the same reason I haven't picked up City Skylines on the Switch because it's like I don't have a good PC set up for gaming I would probably rather play it there that mm-hmm. seems to be the way to play this game but and switch seems like it would just be a tedious process of like, oh, I accidentally made that road a little too crooked. And I, I will say specifically <laughs> with City Skyline that like there it, it is a little bit harder to input stuff with a controller than I think a uh, mouse would be. OK. And that being oh, said, that is though, also these game. games where you you know, you're going to spend a ton of time, just hours upon hours. The switch is just my go to for that purpose. Right. Oh, yeah. Just oh, this seems like the ability. Yeah, it seems like the perfect like laying in bed game yeah. before, you know, let me crank out a few a half hour before I fall asleep. You know, yep. yeah, it seems kind of perfect for that. So yep. yeah, I once I once I get into playing Civilization, it's pretty much the only game I'm going to be playing for a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, even something that I didn't spend anywhere probably near as much time as you have with Civ, but like even something like Into the Breach, you know, took a little second to get you like, again, maybe mouse and keyboard. It would be nice to just click on stuff and the immediacy of that. But like, as soon as I learned what all the shoulder buttons did and what all the face buttons did, as soon as you kind of internalize that, it's it felt pretty second nature. So yeah. mm-hmm. if this can again, they're nice, big, chunky hexes like it's not like it's oh, man, I they're so near each other or that space. You can't see which one's which. It's pretty, pretty clear, I feel like mm-hmm. with uh, what I can see from Civ. So, yeah, I don't know. Glad to hear that it's a, a decent experience on console as well. So, yeah. All right, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and uh, we'll be back next Monday. In the meantime, you can find us, as always, at PursuingPixels.com, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere else on the Internet uh, that we have it set up. And again, yeah, until next Monday, we'll catch you next week. Take care. See you. So long. Bye-bye. Now. I have a structured settlement when I need cash now. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, what? I thought you were doing, like, I am the very model of a modern major general for a second. That might be what they're parodying, I don't know. It's those J.G. Wentworth commercials, you guys remember those? Yes. 877-CASH-NOW. It's my money and I need that. Use it when you need it. Yeah, fuck those people, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Title maps get too real. Um, get too real money. <laughs> <laughs>